lovely, 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 lovely. So how are you? Not bad, I think. Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. I um, took advantage of the new government guidelines day one. Um, <laughs> first real trip out in eight weeks, and I went and played golf yesterday. Nice. How was it? It was fantastic. Um, didn't keep scores. We just decided to get out there and <clears throat> swing a few clubs and just get loose with it. Um, but yeah, I played a, a lovely shot on, uh, on I believe it was the 12th, yeah, 12th hole. It's, a, it's an up and under. You've got to you've got to climb high because you, it's only a par three. <clears throat> Excuse me, you're going from one island to another, and there's a big uh, big divot in between. It's, it's a good twenty meter elevation. So if you fall short, you you goose like. Uh, but it's a lovely up and under. Landed straight on, didn't move. It was it was perfect. What was the highlight of my day? Uh, Allerton Golf Course in the uh, South Liverpool. Fantastic course. Nice. I thought it'd been a lot busier than it was. To be honest. Um, but it was quite nice. I had two guys behind me. We let play through. Um, me and my mate Vinny let them play through because they were playing a lot quicker than we were. Um, yeah. And it was quite quite clear in front of us. We had um, an old couple of guys in front of us, but um, they got off after 14. They just walked off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was good. I got round in around three and a half hours. So, all in all, not bad. Get some fresh air in. That's what's needed. Exactly, mate. Yeah, just dust off cobwebs. You know, I mean, it's. I've tried to... Do a little bit more running than I usually do in the in the downtime, and do a little bit of stuff around the house in terms of a little bit of boxing training, a little bit of hit training, and just try to vary it up. But you can't beat actually being outdoors all day for a specific task. Yeah, I work would have been the ideal one, but it is what it is. I'll take golf. Mm, no. <laughs> the the old man sport of golf. Um, I'm shit at it, so you know I can't say anything. Fair enough. And you're not old enough, so... Ah, and I'm not old enough. So, Bundesliga back this weekend. Oh, mate. <laughs> Cannot wait. All day. Every day. It's going to be it's gonna be amazing. Have you seen what um, Sky, the um, domestic broadcasters are going to do? No. So, Sky, Deutschland, the domestic broadcasters, yeah. are going to um, put atmosphere in the background. So you won't know any difference so from past games. They'll just put like crowd noises in. Yeah. It's a whatever club they're at. That's, that's not bad. Just to enhance the sitting at home sort of effect of it. Yeah. Which it's, is not a bad idea. I watched, we watched that, um, that opening game of the, um, the South Korea League. K-League. Uh, yeah. yeah. What was that? Was that last weekend? Last weekend, mate, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Weird. Got like a similar feeling like to like before a World Cup game that you have no idea what's going on and you're yeah. like it's a match i don't care get it on um about on the hour mark they put in an artificial crowd noise and um it was bizarre because they were you just noticed that change so if hopefully the you know they put it in from the start with the bundesliga because just suddenly the quick change it's out in the crowd it was like oh no this the question is wrong. did it enhance it nah because you knew it was fake yeah, it was weird. You knew it. I don't know. I didn't mind it not having. A, I didn't mind not having a crowd noise because you get in the players. Yeah, and sometimes if you're analytical, as we both know you are, you like that side of it where you think, "All oh, right, okay, well now I'm going to get an understanding as what the uh, what the players are actually doing during the game in terms of what they're shouting, where they're shouting, what they're shouting for." Yeah. Ideally, it would be how they're communicating, but I'm I'm not sure your Korean is up to scratch enough to get away with that one. No, no, it's rusty. Um, the um, 
I tell you what, like I watched the UFC that happened on the weekend as well, and, and similar to football, obviously no crowd. You could hear everything the fighters were saying. You could hear what the coaches were saying. You could hear the, the impact of the strikes. And I actually think it improved it. Right. You, you heard the body contact and the, the you know the the recoil. But uh, the funny one was the fighters could hear the commentators. And All right. They, they, like Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier and that, they clocked on about like a couple fights in that the fighters could hear them. And they were like, maybe we need to keep our voices down because the fighters were adjusting based on what the commentators are saying. So what they, they were seeing. They were like, yeah, they were like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah is getting kicked far too much here. And then he was like, oh, hang on a minute. I better adjust. Oh, I'm going to adjust myself. And there's this weird, because even they'd never experienced that before. Commentators yeah, yeah. had never experienced being hurt. Fighters had never heard people basically saying to them, oh, shit, you need to try doing this instead. So there's these weird dynamics coming out in sport now because there's no audience or no live audience. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see like how it is on Saturday with an artificial crowd. No, it will Not- be, definitely. I'm looking forward to it, though. Um, have you picked a Bundesliga team to follow? Is, is there somebody that sticks out to you? I don't know. Like I've I, I kind of got a soft spot for uh, Berlin. But not, not, but not Hertha, Union. Union. Mate, weird. We went and watched Hertha. But like, speaking to that apartment, like, yeah. fully, I was like, fully on board. You know, they've they, they come up. They're the underdogs. So. Well, you've seen the Copa 90 derby day yeah, on, yeah. on Berlin. I, I watched it as well. And what I took from it is that Union is very much for the people, by the people. Similar in, the, in a way to uh, San Pauli. Yeah. In that. They're there as a club that are for the people. Um, I think it's easier to, as a fan, as a working class fan, it's easier to attribute myself to Union because of that basis than it is Hertha because Hertha have got the Olympic Stadium and they've got, you know, 70,000 seats to sell every week. Union don't. Um, but then, I don't know, I really enjoyed Hertha. The, the trip to Berlin in total, like, but going to watch Hertha was fantastic. Um, even though Jürgen Klinsmann let everybody down. Oh, Jesus. Massively. couple of the standout games for the Bundesliga this weekend. Dortmund v Schalke, half two. The Riviera derby. In fact, I'm just going to run through them all. Augsburg mm. versus Wolfsburg, again at 2.30. Dusseldorf v Paderborn, 2.30. Leipzig versus Freiburg, 2.30. Hoffenheim v Hertha Berlin, 2.30. Then you've got Frankfurt versus uh, Munchen Gladbach at half five. Mm. Uh, Köln versus Mainz on Sunday at half two. And then Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich at five on Sunday. Mm. Mm, big game. And then Monday at half seven, Werder Bremen versus Bayer Leverkusen. Oh, superb. So My missus is going to be fuming. <laughs> but equally, she's had the way I'm viewing it is she's had eight to nine weeks off. She's had a summer break. She's had hair break in football, yeah, of course, yeah. She's not going to deal with the Euros this year. She's not going to take it well, though. Ah. No. <laughs> ah, well, I will take the brunt of that. <laughs> for the Bundesliga, for the return of real football. No offense exactly. to the Korean League. I watched that Korean League game, it dragged. Yeah, it was a difficult watch. I mean, I watched, I can't remember what the teams are because I had no vested interest, No. to be completely honest. Um. But I watched the game and I finished nil-nil. And I know I ironically said to you, I want to see nil-nil. I want to see VAR controversy. <laughs> the game was nil-nil. There was a VAR click. Uh, what's, what's, what's the word? Controversy. 
12 minutes yeah. to reach a decision. I was like, yeah, football can fuck off. <laughs> I've had enough of this. I um, forgot about but, you. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't all it was crack up sweet. Look, that standard of football is not what we're used to watching. The Premier League was spoiled in many ways, um, but equally it's a game that's been built over the last... 30, 40 years in the, in this country, so we, we deserve what we get. They, you know, all respect to them getting it on, and all respect to them for playing in a professional league. And they have some uh, some quality footballers out there. Uh, a couple of the Brazilian lads look like ballers, but you know, at that level, I'm fairly sure even yourself or Armit Max would get a game. <laughs> You're too kind. Um, I'm trying to find the name of the teams. Can't find it. I'm not a money bin. It was the it was the Samsung. Soul, Suwon, I, oh nah, do you know what? Suwon Blue Wings, was it? Yeah, honestly, it's not Yeah, working. I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> I can't. That's me, I'm done. I'm alright with having nicknames, but not as part of your club name, no. I can't, yeah. This, oh, this yeah. is what I don't like about MLS. Are they, do they? Yeah, Portland Timbers, yeah. Yeah. Seattle Sounders. Yeah, but it's a very, yeah, but that's what it, like. I know it's an like, Americanism, but still. Yeah, but it's like when the guy came over and tried to turn the whole hull into the whole Tigers, and you're like, no. <laughs> Almost as bad as changing your Warhammer music, so it was like being in a Ibiza while actually sitting in Sunderland. <laughs> you need to imagine, right, mid-December, you're mid-table, you're, you're pushing your life for the playoffs, and you're like, are we going to are we gonna get it, are we going to get it? And then this tune comes on, and you think, oh, hang on, am I in Ibiza? What's happened here? What's gone on? <laughs> oh no, wait there. No, it's still raining. It's still minus three, and we're still shite. What happened, <laughs> music man? It's just <sighs> quick, quick aside on that. The latest on Sunderland about the uh, the Donald. What's his name? Donald Stuart Donald. Stuart Donald. That's it. The latest on is um, in wanting to sell the club, and it turns out he banked on the parachute payments to buy the club. Yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere, and I, I can't quote it because I can't remember where I read it, but um, I read somewhere that he, his personal wealth is around about £8 million. Which, don't get me wrong, is superb for him and his family and his kids. However, it's not exactly what you're looking for when you get a new owner of a football club, is it? Not not for one that's um, trying to get back in the prep. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You've got to have dreams and aspirations, I suppose, haven't you? But, yeah, weird one for me, that. Yeah. Very good. So, spinning off the Bundesliga restart, the latest with the rest of Europe's top leagues that still haven't, you know, closed, like yeah. France and Holland. Serie A looking to restart on June the 30th. That's if the government allows it. La Liga are looking to restart on June the 12th, if the government allows it. And the Premier League were originally looking to restart on June the 12th, if the government allows it. You know, mm-hmm. they don't change. However, they're looking to push that back to the 19th as players have voiced concerns over the safety and their need for more training. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the first shout is probably the most valuable in terms of safety. Um, we discussed yesterday, uh, Graeme Sunis and Gary Neville were on Sky yeah. Sports and they were being questioned about turning your face after a tackle. So you go in for the tackle and you, your secondary instinct has got to be to turn your face away. It's it's not feasible. Um, as soon as hit the nail on the head, anybody who's played the game knows. Mm. Um, you're in the moments, you're in the instinct of moments that you've been pre-programmed to do since you were six, seven, eight years of age. Yeah. 
it's it's never going to happen. So for the safety concern, I see that one as the more valid point. But equally, I understand them wanting to be match fit. How many times do you see when they come back after having a, uh, a break? And, and don't get me wrong, professional footballers will go and have a break in the summer, but they will also train at home, similar to what they've been doing. But in terms of being actually match fit as a team, that's going to take time. So, yeah, I understand both both uh, both arguments there, to be completely honest, yeah. It's interesting. I think the Bundesliga is going to get watched really closely this weekend by all the other governing bodies to see how does this pan out. And then afterwards, is there any spikes? Yeah. So suddenly, is it like, oh, these four clubs have now got players that have contracted it from playing it, and then they'll go, all right, cut it. Yeah. Or can you, I still think a couple more leagues will call it and not finish. I think the. And I don't like using the same, but the smaller leagues probably will, yeah. Um, but as we both know, and we've touched on before, that the finances involved in top flight football in Spain, England, and Italy mm. are massive. Um, none more so than the Premier League. We know it's the richest league in the world for a reason. However, um, yeah, I think that the Bundesliga, fair play to them, will put themselves out there when they believe it's right to do so, and that is their right as a league. But they are very much going to be guinea pigs. Everybody's going to have one eye on them, and as you say, they'll be looking for secondary spikes. They'll be looking for how how the players have reacted, how the the clubs have reacted. Because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you could have all these rounds of games, and then all of a sudden, players who were never injured are picking up niggles and knocks, and your playing squad of twenty four, twenty five is down to a playing squad of eighteen, nineteen. You're looking, thinking, well, hang on, we were pushing for something here, and we better players are picking up knocks because they haven't trained or played for a long time, and you know. Different factors can come into it, but it will be interesting to see exactly what's going on. Yeah, it will be. Obviously, you're allowed five substitutions now, mm. which is interesting. I'm glad they haven't reduced the length of a game because I think that starts getting too complicated in terms of you know the fairness and the ethics of the game, if you want to put it like that. Yeah. The um, In regards to the Premier League, did you see Sky calculated a points per game and average goal table? Yes. In case it went off that, did you see how the bottom of the table panned out? It didn't move, did it? Well, yeah. I didn't get the, the points are like 33.9. So I was like, we'll just round it up. But anyway, Norwich, Norwich 27.5. Villa 33.9. Bournemouth 35.4. Watford 35.4. West Ham 35.4. But Watford's goal difference was something like 0.2 difference. Yeah, Bournemouth is 23.6 and Watford's is 22.3. And that's that's the one for me where I'm like, goal working out an average goal difference is beyond harsh. It is if you're looking to relegate someone, yeah. I mean yeah. I, again I can understand the teams at the bottom saying, Well, if you're gonna do PPG, we shouldn't be getting relegated because it's not fair. Mm. But you know my thoughts on that. If you're down there after twenty eight games, you're down there for a reason. But equally, I seen another um another one that was banded around today, and this one's yeah, it's a little bit silly to be completely honest with you, but it's um, it was the one around about if results against Watford were the only ones in the league, and this so say like everybody who played Watford at Watford, and that was the league done. Okay. Right? So Liverpool got beat beat at Watford. Mm-hmm. So did Villa. So did Man United. So did Wolves. Okay. Arsenal, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Spurs, and Palace have drew. At Watford. Watford have been beaten at home by Brighton, Burnley, West Ham, Everton, Chelsea. That's it. 
Okay. So we had a discussion the other day with one of our mates, Max. Yeah. And Max's argument was, um, particularly talking about home advantage. Our, well, my personal argument was home advantage is massive because you have your fans, you have your routine, you have your own stadium, your own, even the cancer on a pitch. All these little bits add to your advantage. His argument was, no, football's football at any ground. It doesn't really matter. Um, and we were trying to explain to him, and I believe you were backing me up, but yeah. tell me if I'm wrong. We were trying to explain it. Being at home and having a home advantage over a neutral ground is massive. And he was like, no, sorry, but don't get it. Well, there's the proof. In that Watford at home have beaten Liverpool, Man United and Wolves this year, who were all top six. And they've drawn against Spurs, Bournemouth, Sheffield United and Arsenal. Jesus. They had to play City, Leicester, Newcastle, Southampton, Watford, Norwich. That was it. So, sorry, obviously can't play themselves. So, Norwich, Southampton, Newcastle, winnable games, City and Leicester, you don't know. Because I never thought that they'd beat Liverpool. But that just shows you what your home advantage is like. What Massive. can be like. It, it can be huge. So, neutral venues, what are your thoughts on them? Haven't known that. Like... I, until you put it in that kind of context, that's really interesting. Because, you know, I, I think home advantage is massive. You know, it's all down to, like, basic human instinct. It's just like coming home. You know, when you, you just, it's literally like you walk into your home at the end of the day and you just know that's where the keys go. That's yeah. where that is. That's where the kettle is, blah, blah, blah. You feel but differently. You're just on an autopilot. Whereas when you walk into, say, for example, someone else's or a hotel, you go, oh, okay, that's, that. you know, changing rooms people are doing different things you know i walk in that's my locker bang that's yeah we walk down here that's we come up there that's the gear yeah we train here that's what that looks like oh that's where my family normally sit you know it's yeah. just natural and it flows in and then whereas you're coming in you're going oh this isn't what uh, we have it at our stadium oh the way fans are up in you know the heavens like when you go to mm-hmm. st james's park they're basically out the game yeah so the, yeah there's loads of different i think it's massively important i'm not a fan of neutral grounds I, I find it, um, look, if, if they're going to have to get it done, it has to be neutral grounds. It is what it is. It's like when they're saying we'll play games at St. George's Park. Yeah. Like, that's a neutral ground. Mm-hmm. Then again, surely with the amount of stadiums that are in there, there are going to be some grounds where some people are going to play at home. Unless they're going to so. make it where they go, right, this is one of the stadiums. Say for argument's sakes, Goodison Park is one of the stadiums. However... Everton will not play there in one of their games in levels of fairness. Mm. Then you can kind of see that making sense in a weird way. But I don't know how you can sit there and go on about the the ethics of the game and you know the integrity of the game and then go, well, you know, but not that part. We're we're, we're picking and choosing what counts as being, um, you know, yeah. part of integrity. Yeah. No, I get that. Because at the end of the day, integrity is people's health, surely. You would think so. As an overall yeah. arching thing. So, I mean, look, we'll, we'll wait and see where this all leads to, I guess. Um, Bundesliga this weekend, I think, coming from that, we'll know. I mean, we're only on, what are we on now? Currently, at the time we're recording, the 14th of May. So, 16th, 17th for the Bundesliga. Looking at the following weekend, 23rd, 24th, we're going to start to get an idea. You're still looking at at least two weeks till these other three leagues are looking to kick off. Mm-hmm. So, Four weeks, a month away, I think it will change a few times. I would, I, would, I would expect it to, yeah. I mean, obviously the lockdown only got lifted um, this Wednesday. Well. I, I'm expecting, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm expecting 
to see some sort of government change by by Wednesday next week in terms of the lockdown and then if there's a secondary spike or if there's a regional regional spike like where they can manage it more regionally, they may put different things. I don't know, but I'm still expecting things to change. If there's one thing that this whole pandemic has taught me is that day to day things are never the same. They just really aren't same, and yeah. it was a case of just rolling with the punches. But yeah, it'd be good to get the football back on when it's safe to do so. I think we've always maintained that we do want to see the football back when it's safe to do so. But even now, it doesn't look safe. It doesn't look 100%. If you're asking a player to turn his face after the tackle, then that's not a safe environment to play in. It's safe when you can go about your day-to-day as you normally would. That's safe. If you have to alter the way you're tackling or you stand on the corners and, oh, don't don't face each other. Eh? Make sure you know, you're know you half a metre away. That's not safe to play then, is it? Like we were saying, set pieces become an absolute shambles. Yeah. What are you One supposed to wall. do? Yeah, what do you? Yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. I didn't even think of the wall. What a shell! You can't have two, even if yeah. you used to say a meter between each other. But then it's that whole thing of oh, but they'll all be tested and they'll all be clear. And you go right. It's like I've said again. I've, I've said this before. I don't want to harp on it again. Again, you can test someone. But what happens when they go home and come back the next day? You're gonna test them again. You're gonna test them every single time. And what happens if they turn up on match day and it goes right? We're playing today. They turn up. All oh, three of them actually tested positive. Yeah, which it, 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 I think that's why the, they're going to watch the Bundesliga. And go, like, there's that Bundesliga two team. It's escaped my mind where they put the whole team in lockdown, and we're supposed to be kicking off the Bundesliga two this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I can't remember the name, but I do know what you're on about. So it's going to be interesting to see if that pans out to the other leagues. Like I said, I think the Dynamo Dresden. That oh, was Dresden, yeah. The Dresden went into Boss, bottom of the table, aren't they? I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Dynamo Dresden, uh, about five, six days ago, there were two positive tests for coronavirus, so the entire squad went into lockdown, considering they're supposed to be kicking off again this weekend. So that kind of shows that we're kind of on a tightrope in terms of how these things can pan out. It only takes a couple more players to catch it or a team. Yeah, and Dresden on our bottom as well. So, you know. So you know how that would be received over here. Oh, they're at the bottom, so obviously they just don't want to get relegated. Well, that happened to Brighton, didn't they? Brighton have come out and said they're opposed to a few things. Three mm. of their players tested positive or something, and yeah. everyone went, how convenient. And you're like, well, you know, it's likely as well. Yeah, it's not convenient having a, uh, a life-threatening illness. Yeah. It's really not. It's just, it's just not It's not convenient. There's nothing convenient about it at all. Just while we're on Bundesliga, sorry. Oh. You're picking Union as your team. Um, they are two points ahead of my pick, which is Hertha. Are they really? Yeah, two points ahead in the league. Oh, Hertha's goal difference is minus 16. Do you know what, mate? After that game, we watched you even surprised. No, but then they have got a... Who did they have in the back line? Was it Denny, yeah? Oh, God. Oh, it wasn't no. Denny, yeah. It was... Um, oh, oh, what's his name? The one who... The lad who was at Celtic. And, and City. And City. Yeah. Oh, two seconds. Belgian lad. Yeah, see who gets there first. It's going to bug me, so I'm just going to click on squad profile and say to you, Derek Boyata. That's the one. Yeah. Hey, I love this app, by the way. For anybody who's listening, uh, Bundesliga have an app, and I don't know if it's on iPhone because I'm apparently a Samsung meth, but it's just called Bundesliga. It's their official app, and it's got everything you would need to know about the Bundesliga on there. Um, live fixtures where you can watch them, uh, list of matches. You can follow a team, sort of put specific matches up tables, stats, and then if you click on more, you can go to Bundesliga 2 and get exactly the same information. It is 
amazing. And you're going to need it because there's nothing else to do this weekend. No gardening, no painting, no decorating. Sit down on your couch, BT Sports on, and watch the footy. Absolutely. I miss Germany, mate. Yeah, it was fantastic trip. What a trip. Was. So, as not a lot has happened this week, not been a lot of change, we decided we're going to build our all-time Premier League 11s each. Yeah. We haven't told each other our teams. Oh. So this is us telling each other now. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. We had a couple of rules on it to kind of make it a bit, bit different than normal. Instead of just picking anyone you wanted, you were allowed a maximum of three players per team. So you could only have three players from Chelsea, for example, three players from Arsenal, three players from Man United. If they had played for two Premier League teams, say for argument's sake, Cesc Fabregas, who's played for Arsenal and Chelsea, we could pick them based on... So the team, their main team was who they had their greatest achievement with, i.e. winning the league. If you won the league with Leicester, but you didn't win it with someone else, Leicester's your team that you come under, or yeah. Chelsea, Man United, as per. Yeah. So we've gone also for... picked the manager. We've picked the manager, which I've got a funny feeling will be the same. Nope. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I guarantee it won't be the same. So I, I already know you've not picked someone that I've picked. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, there's an obvious game. choice for me, and there's also a choice, and when I explain it, you'll understand. I, I, you may not agree, <laughs> but you'll understand. We'll see. Do you know what? I want to start with the manager anyway, but quickly before we get to that, we were allowed to pick any formation we wanted, and uh, there was no limits on nationalities or anything. Just the club, the stipulation on if they played for more than one, 11 players so I want to start with the manager because I want to go through the managers and then kind of just go quickly into managers a bit and then we'll get into the team so do you want me to start when you do yours you're going to have to give me the manager and then you're going to have to give me your team off the back of it as one go as one go yeah I mean explain each and every I want you to showcase your all time Premier League 11 I want you to be able to without you go and manage me, go manage. You go right back, me go right back. I want you to be able to showcase your team. All right, I'll then fire. I'll, I'll fire through mine. No, don't fire through. Explain. Explain. Yeah, of course. Right. This is all about you. All right. While you get your team out. All right. Okay. So. Good luck, good. Jack. Okay. So, manager. Sorry, Alex Ferguson. I didn't really feel like there was much debate there. There were other greats: Wenger's, Jose's, Guardiola's, Sam Allardyce's. But Sir Alex Ferguson, for me. Oh. Is, is, is up there at the top 21 seasons 13 wins 11 manager of the season awards I wrote down a couple of his stats here 810 matches Can't tell. 528 wins 168 draws only 114 losses 1626 goals scored 703 conceded for, for me he's, he's top of the, the chain we won't see anything like him again or Wenger or if we do, it's going to be something very special. Before we move on, tangent bell, ding a ling ling Why won't we see anything like that again? Uh, money in the game, contracts, a lack of patience, and board members thinking they know better. I'll give you the last two. You don't think money and contract no, comes into it? I don't think money and contracts come into it. No, I think more than anything, it's um, a lack of loyalty from... Sometimes managers, and I would use Guardiola as one of them. He likes to get in somewhere, rejuvenate, re-energize, achieve, and then he likes to move on to a new project. 
not slight them for it. Um, and I also think that football is such a results-driven business at the moment in terms of you have to be on TV, you have to be noticed, you have to have the right person on the right shirt. And, and I suppose it does boil down to money. But for me, I think there's a lack of patience for some coaches and for some board directors. I think that's why we won't see it again. You wouldn't no no one in the Premier League right now as an owner would allow a manager to have the amount of say that said Alex Ferguson was allowed to have. Mr. Man United. He ran yeah. the place. You could just tell from top to bottom. If hmm. he wasn't happy with it, it didn't happen. But now I, I think, think players players and Paul Pope was a, a prime example of using that club. Well, players have too much say. I think I think when you look at like you're saying uh, three, four years max. You look at arguably the two most successful managers of this era in Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, adopt that philosophy. They, or at least, you know, like outside the Ferguson, yeah, yeah. Wenger bracket, they've adapted, you know, to the yeah. playing field, to the, the landscape, however yeah, you yeah. want to call it. They've gone, well, this is how it's playing. I'm going to make sure I match that, which is why you suffers in that regard. But, you know, that feel like that could tangent on for another time. Good. So, Sorry about that. Yeah, so, so Sir Alex Ferguson, was your I've gone, I've gone flat 4-4-2. Perfect. So I just let you know. Carry on. Perfect. So goalkeeper Petr Cech. Okay. Chelsea. Chelsea or Arsenal? Che- Chelsea. Calm down. Um, <laughs> Four hundred forty-three games played, zero goals, two okay. assists, two hundred and two clean sheets, which is the Premier League record. The idea, the role of the goalkeeper, is to stop the ball going in the back of the net. He's got the most. The, the one that's always touted is Kasper Schmeichel. I think Kasper Schmeichel had something like 130-odd. Okay. I had it here. It always baffles me. Kasper Schmeichel goes straight in. They're like, yeah, bang. Kasper Schmeichel, that was it. Peter Schmeichel. Sorry, Kasper Schmeichel. Wow. Peter Schmeichel. I'm just going to ask. Uh, <laughs> Peter Schmeichel, 128. Yeah. So everyone's flying in with Peter Schmeichel, not his son, Kasper. But for me, it's Petr Cech, 202. Maybe a slight bias, but... Fantastic goalkeeper, record, Premier League. Because that's what we're taking into account, by the way. Premier League, not Champions League, not FA Cup. It's Premier League stats only for those listening. So, left-back, Ashley Cole, Arsenal. Arsenal because his greatest ever achievement was the Invincible season. Not winning the... Oh, just just twisted that one there, didn't you? Just twisted that one there, didn't you? When he won the Champions League with Chelsea. How many Premier Leagues did he win with Arsenal? Uh, I believe the one. How many did you win with Chelsea? Two to three. Let me bring it up now. But for me, you, you can't... In terms of we're looking through a Premier League window and with this being the Premier League all-time 11... As an invincible, you can't you, knock that. Yeah, you can't. If Liverpool won it this year, invincible, which they won't, they would be... All those players would be up there with the Arsenal players in terms of their greatest ever Premier League achievement, is that? I'm not going to slate you for your choice. I simply asked... What the hell? He won, he won two with Arsenal, apologies, and he won one with Chelsea, which I forgot. He actually came, he won that one under the Carlo, mm. and then he left before um, Jose came back. Interesting. That awkward Roma picture. Um, <laughs> so, first centre-back, yeah. surprise to absolutely no one, John Terry, Chelsea. 429 games played, 41 goals. 12 assists, 214 clean shits, five Premier League wins, the record as a captain. Um, carried us. We were. Carried us is. I don't know, it's 
weird. Like there were when you miss when we didn't have Terry at times, you could tell. You, you'd see the lineup at times, no Terry on there, and you knew you were in for a bit of a hide, and or you weren't going to scrape it. He'd come back in. Um, that time when Rafa came in and he dropped him completely, mm-hmm. and then Jose comes back and he throws him back in and he helps lead us to a title. He's done it. He's been there, done that. Came through the academy. Yeah, he, his, he walked into a great team, though. He didn't have uh, to do much, did he? As we've been told. Um, <laughs> the, he's one of the all-time greats. He's a Premier League legend. And like we said last week, I think areas of his personal life and you know, arguably some things that have happened on the pitch taint that. It is what it is. I think the, a similar person who will experience that is Roy Keane. Um, something I wanted to talk about a little later on. The Hall of Fame, people like that won't get in as quick as they should do because of reasons like that. John Terry, for me, most successful Premier League captain, walks in. Okay. Uh, here, stand alongside him is Vincent Company with 265 games played, 18 goals, 8 assists, and 94 clean sheets, four Premier League trophies as captain. Uh, joint second with Roy Keane for most wins. Uh, Vincent Company bought, came in with when the money, just, just before the money came at Man City, mm. for low amounts of money, and then suddenly emerged as this leader, this figure, I think of two defining goals that won titles in a way, or at least launched them onto that point. The header against Man United, yeah. when they went on for that first title, and then that, um, that goal against Leicester last yeah, season. Last year, but yeah. they went on to win it. You know, two defining moments. I'm not saying that's the sole reason he's got in, but for me, he's, the injuries are such a shame that he got. Mm. Because... I'd agree, yeah. Could he have played more games? Could he have stayed at City longer as he looked at that treble last season and gone? I mean, me and you called it, I don't know if you remember, when he beat that, when they beat Leicester and it was their last game of the season again at the Etihad and he was crying. And I remember saying to you, that's not a man who's buzzing that they've maybe won the league. That's a man who's played his last game. Realised this is my last goal. That's a man who's played his last game at the Etihad and has realised he's just scored a goal in a 1-0 win. And it wasn't being spoken about at all. I remember we said for weeks, we were like, no one's talking about the fact that that looks like... So unless it was like the secret that no one was supposed to reveal, but no one was talking about it. So I think as a way to go out... No, I I totally agree. It was quite something. Uh, At right back, I've gone for Gary Neville, uh, Man United, eight Premier League wins. The Premier League has had some crap right backs. Yeah. I struggle... If there's not for Ashley Who would Cole, have been your second choice at oh, right back? Dude, like legit, probably Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Like, and, and crap is harsh. Like, crap's harsh. I say crap. It's it's that debate we came back to in previous episodes. They're not banging the goals in. So it's not considered the glory. Yeah. But I, I knew left back, right? It's Ashley Cole. If it wasn't Ashley Cole, I'd have struggled. Mm. I'd have probably gone Leighton Baines, to be honest. Mm. even if he hasn't won it because he has been there from day dot. Um, right back will probably have been Zabaleta, but for me, Gary Neville, 1-8. He had 400 appearances, um, five goals, 35 assists, 148 clean sheets. He was a captain for a couple wins. I think he had two of them. Um, a solid right back in the Premier League. He was there for a long time. And, um, I, I didn't, with that. didn't like him as a player. Um, Love Ms. Pandas. Ms. Pandas. So left mid, I've gone for Ryan Giggs. Man United, the second Man United player, 632 appearances, 109 goals, and 162 assists with 13 medals. Um, he was voted that Premier League 
player of the decade when they had that vote a few years back yeah. for the manager award. He's arguably going to be the first inductee into the Hall of Fame because of the amount of wins. He's got the record wins. Just a great player as well. Prolonged his career longer than most did. I remember sort of towards the back end of his career, uh, the yoga. Remember he was one of those first players yeah. that was doing yoga and it was like, how's Ryan Giggs still playing? And then it came up that he was doing yoga and it was kind of this weird thing. And now it's a, it would be considered... It's part a, of your training regime, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be considered if you're not stretching and doing things like that, then you're not, you're not taking it seriously. Yeah. So a man who, you know, took it seriously. A man who I don't think is going to suffer for what he did in his personal life. Well, I was going to let you finish, but since you brought it up, that's uh, that's two wife shaggers you've thrown in your team there. It seems <laughs> to be a theme. Do you know what, though? Like, that is a little... If you think about you are, it, John... You are literally six players in, and <laughs> two of them I wouldn't trust to leave alone with my missus. <laughs> says more about me than it should. Um, it says more about my missus than it probably should. Says, well, wow, wow. Um, but, like, it is interesting that one gets quite a lot of heat for it, and then the other, it's not really... You know, Paddy Power making adverts about it. Um, so Ryan Giggs walks into there. Um, do you know what? I'll go for the other winger as well. Because then okay, I want to tag off. So right wing is Cristiano Ronaldo, the third and final Manchester United player with three wins, 196 appearances, 84 goals, and 35 assists. Um, do you know what? Like the wingers, I struggled a bit. Really? I, 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 I switched them around a couple of times. I, I nearly threw Beckham in at one point and I debated Bale at one point. Hazard couldn't make it in because my Chelsea players are locked in. Mm. I, I, I don't know why. I kind of like jumped back and forth with wingers a bit, but I ended up landing on Cristiano Ronaldo. The, that treble, the winning the three in the row was impressive. He won the Ballon d'Or in that time. Um, he won two Player of the Year awards. That transition from the player they bought and the reckless kind of like showboater to the... Yeah. He's still showboating, but more like it was more thought through. He knew when to do it and not when to do it. And that ultimately got him that record break and moved to Real Madrid shortly after. So Giggs is on the left, Ronaldo's on the right. Uh, in centre mid, uh, again, this will probably be no surprise, Frank Lampard, Chelsea, three Premier League wins, 609 appearances, 177 goals, 102 assists. Chelsea's record goal scorer. Part of me thinks underrated. Part of me thinks he gets the credit he deserves. I'm kind of split on it. Everyone always bangs on about Yaya to a race title winning season when he got 20-plus goals, and it's amazing. Frank Lampard did that consistently for years and years and years. And a lot of that is, a lot of people could say that's down to, oh, well, he was playing off Drogba. Well, you've still got to do it. The system, you've still got to take advantage of that system instead of just yeah. going, ah, the big man's up there. I don't need to be running into the box late. He perfected that. You arrive late. You arrive late. Everyone continues to push towards the goal. You arrive late, cutbacks, bouncing off the chest, assists, um, scored the, the two goals in the first title win against Bolton, penalties galore, goals that have been involved in four, five, six, no gains, but then goals that have won us games. They're legend and our manager now. Arguably, arguably along with John Terry, our greatest player. You know, it, it's a lot of time. Yeah. It's a toss-up. When I was looking up the title wins, three, I was surprised that, I forgot that he left and he wasn't there for the Con uh, the Conte win and he wasn't even there for the um, the second Jose win. Was he Sorry. Not? Where was he no. then? Was he at City at that point? He was at New York City slash Man City, yeah. Do you know yeah. what? Like, do you know he what? did I'll play never... for Man City, you remember do that, you know, don't you? Do you know what? Oh, mate, I'll never forget that. Like, when he went to New York City, it was like, yeah, this seems a bit... Do you know what? We shafted him. Like, I, I won't even... 
I want should he have got an additional year? Yeah, God, yeah. He should have been able to retire there like Terry. It was a bit... Re- it was ridiculous that he got called up, but we brought in Fabregas and we were starting to bring people in and it was like, we're, we're changing the team. It is what it is. It's done. But when he went to... I'll never forget Man City. He came on and we were watching that game and I turned around to my old man and I went, he's going to score. And it was that one where he slid in and he bangs it in and it was like... I think I walked out. I was like, beyond, <laughs> beyond fuming. But you knew it was coming and he's still a legend. Uh, speaking of Man City, sitting alongside him is, and this is another one that I went back and forth with. I wanted to put someone else in there, but I couldn't because of the team restrictions. So I've gone with David Silva of Man City. Uh, 301 appearances, 57 goals, 90 assists, four Premier League titles. Um, I think because he's playing now, it is what it is. I think when it's said and done, and he's obviously leaving at the end of this season, whenever that finishes, I uh, don't know if he's going to retire or, or go back to Spain or elsewhere, but uh, I think he'll be remembered as one of the greats. I think he's I think he's massively underappreciated. De Bruyne rightly gets a lot of credit. I think David Silva kind of slips under the radar a lot. I like David Silva. I would put him in a similar bracket. Not the same, but similar as Iniesta and Xavi. I think he, in that midfield role, he could have done at Barcelona, the same similar job that they've done. Do you, do you know, around those players. He, he sits on a wrong with Cesc Fabregas in terms he's, of Spanish. He's better, he's better than Fabregas. See, do you know what? Fabregas is the one I wanted to put in, but I couldn't because I, I you know, picked pick players and whatnot. Because arguably his greatest achievement is winning the title with Chelsea. So I can't put him down as an Arsenal. Yeah. So that's where I stuck on that one. But David Silva deservedly gets in. The reason Cesc Fabregas, I wanted to put him in because of. Um, Assists. Ryan Giggs is top with 162. Fabregas second of 111. Mm. Surprisingly, before we go on, Wayne Rooney 103. Wow. And that goes back to I think you know how people say he sacrificed a lot of his time at Man United to facilitate the team. Yeah. Winners, losers. Michael Jordan comes to mind. Things like that. So anyway, David Silva's gone in. Um, yeah, I think the same as you. When Fabregas went to Barca and when they go away with the Spanish team. You used to look at players like David Silva and Fabregas and go, they're world-class and they're starting every other international team and they can't get into that team because of those two and Busquets. Yep. And a lot, you know, Javi Alonso at the time. Yeah, not a player. David Silva went in for me, I think, uh, one of the all-time greats. So that's the midfield complete. Final, the strikers. Two of uh, them. Two of them. Um, first one, Alan Shearer, Blackburn. His title win there, so he goes down as Blackburn for me. Um, 441 appearances, 260 goals, 64 assists. You know, kind of speaks for itself. He is the record goal scorer in Premier League. And he spent the majority of the time, he got the title at Blackburn, but he spent the vast majority at Newcastle. Yeah. Um, which, you know, without re- disrespect, isn't what, what, you know, they were challenging, but he didn't, you know, you're not looking back at his Newcastle career going, oh, he walked away with a couple of FA Cups and a couple league titles. He rejected the move to Man United, was it two or three times? Apparently so. So he could have gone there and, and um, won a load of league titles. I've thrown him in there because he's the Premier League top goal scorer. I think he's a great player. Okay. And, um, and that, alongside him is Sergio Aguero, Man City. My final pick, I have not picked a legend. This was my, you know, my big yeah, one. Yeah, you did, you did say you were uh, now, you had a surprise for me. Like. Now, I'll go into detail as to why I've done that. So, Sergio Aguero, 261 appearances, 180 mm. goals, 46 assists, four title wins. Now, 
the obvious one I've left out is Thierry Henry. Mm. Now, the reason I've done that is because I'm a huge Sergio Aguero fan back when Man City signed him for 30 million, which at that time was still like kind of, you know... Big money. Big money. Um, he just, you know, he was at Atletico Madrid. And I remember we were on holiday in Spain. I was chatting to my family and uh, it was coming up in the papers all. Aguero and Chelsea were flown with the idea of getting him. And obviously this is early City money days. And then it comes out, he's going to City. And I was like, that that's a big one. Like, that's a huge statement. And a couple of people I was there with, they were like, eh, is it though? You know, like, you know, not really feeling it. And then I, I went over for a wedding, kind of like October, November time. And the, uh, my cousin's husband, first time I seen him, he came up to me and he went, you were right about that, Aguero. Like, all from preseason to like there, the first thing he said to me was like, you weren't wrong about him. Yeah. And I, I just, I've, I've loved him. You know, that fake, he's got that famous goal in the um, the first title win. QPR. The, QPR. the, the, the stat I love, pop quiz levels of thing. Mario Balotelli has one assist in the Premier League. It's that goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, for, for me, he's up there. Now, the reason I put him in ahead of um, Thierry Henry is Sergio Aguero's got 180 goals. Thierry Henry had 175. And Aguero has more title wins than Thierry Henry. And I think as time goes on, Again, in terms of we're here in the day now, and you look back and you go, I, I think it's difficult to say someone's a legend when they're still playing here and now because you go, they're in the present, but you think back to a legend. Yeah. Even even as recently retired as the likes of John Terry and Gary Neville, you look back and you go, oh, Thierry Henry's a legend. And yeah. I think we will look back and go, Sergio Aguero was a bigger legend. Well, it's that old shout that you don't realise what you've got till it's gone. And then yeah. you have a player there, and this is the argument about Messi and Ronaldo, and everyone's like, who's better? And I'm like, mate, shut up and just enjoy them. Exactly. When they're gone, you can have that conversation. But while they're playing, just enjoy it. See, and then, because uh, I've got the the goals tally here. Of course you have. The, ca- the counter-argument to my point on that is, potentially, is Thierry Henry's got 175. Andy, Andrew Cole, 187. Wayne Rooney, 208. It would probably be a pretty quick argument if you rank them in terms of the top three. Yeah. People would probably, fair, go, fair people would probably go Henri, Rooney, Cole. But it, it depends exactly what you want to pick your team based on, like, quite obviously, and I'm not slating you for this, but no, you no. built your team on stats for the Premier League. Yeah, my team is a Premier League. My team is the greatest team in the Premier League. Now, it would be different if, in some areas if we didn't have to put on that, um, that three, three per club. Yeah, but yeah, I like that because yeah. well, like it has to be more depth into it. Um, Premier League greats, I want to look back and go, that's full of some, some legends who have won the Premier League. I can't pick them all. I'm some who haven't. And some who... Who hasn't? Who hasn't won a Premier League that is a legend? Oh, I think you meant in my team. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You picked you pick yours based on stats, which is a very Jack thing to do. How dare you. I, that's all I expected, I'll be honest. I have picked my team. I'm sorry you finished. Glory success. And Apologies, have you finished? As an Evertonian, I've took uh, all of the winning out of it. I'm bred on Chelsea success, you're bred on Everton, and you can give me the word. Brilliant. Um, so, Petacek, Ashley Cole, John Terry, Vincent Company, Gary Neville, Ryan Giggs, Frank Lampard, David Silva, Cristiano Ronaldo, Alan Shearer, Sergio Aguero, managed by Sir Alex Ferguson. I will hand the reins over to you. Beautiful. Well done, by the way. I'm intrigued. Okay, so the manager I went for for my squad is Arsene Wenger. And I didn't do it 
based on how many goals the team had scored. I didn't do it based on how many league wins he got. He was a league winner. We know this. I done it for the revolution that he brought. Nice. You're not old enough to remember when the Premier League started. No, I wasn't born then. Exactly. As we <laughs> I am. Um, and I remember football pre-92 and football after he took over from George Graham. Arsenal were a great side. Yeah. But just lacked something. Arsenal were quite happy to, if you wanted to go down and dirty to win a game, Arsenal would meet you there. And they still had great players, Ian Wright, Ray Parler, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, who would, who would play football or play to win. Yeah. And they would push you all the way. And then when Wenger came in, he brought a new style. He started bringing more foreign players in to key areas. He signed Patrick Vieira, who was arguably one of the great captains of the Premier League era. Uh, he brought in Thierry Henry, redes- helped redesign his career because Thierry Henry was a winger when he was signed, but predominantly yeah. played up front. That was much down to, to Wenger's work with him. Um, he signed Perez, Lundberg, and uh, Gilles Grimondi to a lesser extent. <laughs> um, but he put the Invincibles together as well, and he yeah. managed the Invincible season. So for that accolade, um, I chose to have him over, said Alex. It was the obvious other shout. Um, for me, yeah, Arsene Wenger. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, based on his stats. I picked it based on how we evolutionized. Slow down. I have not picked my own stats. Like, who's not the most? You are known as Jacques Stato. Jacques XL. Um, but um, (laughs) no, mine's not picked just off stats. Bit of crazy. No, it's not just. (laughs) It's not just off stats, but it's very stats heavy. It is heavy. Uh, Wenger, nah, can't deny that. Um, I, I look back, I, you know, I, I don't just sit there and sit in the modern day and the present day. Um, yeah, changed the game. Massively undervalued in terms of what he did. And a lot of that is because people, fans of the modern generation coming in, aren't asked about what happened in the past. Yeah. You look at the way the man got treated on the way out and then that becomes into the whole, we could do a whole episode on that in the right time to leave. Outstay yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, you know when to leave and how yeah to you know um and that that's ultimately what happened to him whereas ferguson knew hang on a minute this team's on this decline can i can i do another 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 rebuild and he went years. yeah and he probably went no this is where i'll go i'm out and then the rebuild got handed to moisey and it was like eh which <laughs> I read before, he's managed more games at Sunderland and more games at West Ham than he has at Man United, which shows how little time that man got given. Um, to Louis Van Gaal, to Jose, to Oli. You know, th- this was the rebuild that Fergie would have had to have done. I think he'd have done it quicker, but he- he'd have been there as the City and the Liverpool trains yeah. reached well, I think I think if Sir Alex was still there during all of this going on the past like six, seven years, I honestly think that he would have he'd have won something in between, he'd have won a couple of things in between because that was the measure of the man and people wanted to play for him. I think this is, happened back to my choices, Arsene Wenger. What made Wenger and Ferguson, the rivalry so great, was each other. It was the fact that Sir Alex didn't want Arsene coming in and yeah. redeveloping Arsenal Football Club at the detriment of Manchester United. And I think that's what drove Arsene Wenger to think, well, this is the man I'm going to have to beat. So this is how I'm going to do. I'm going to have to rethink. I'm going to have to try something different. And I think that's that's what stood the two of them out, but both strong choices, both for their yeah. own individual reasons. Well, you like you say, those two going against each other, you then sprinkle in Jose Mourinho and Rafa 
and that was yeah. the birth. That was the birth of the Premier League top four. Yeah. You know, Jose had his Rafa thing, Wenger had his Alex thing, but then suddenly Jose had his um, his Wenger thing, and Jose had and then Rafa had his Fergie thing, but Fergie and Jose never had their thing. Just mm. Jose always respected Fergie because the 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 rumor was he always wanted that United job. And then he got it bolstered up. Yeah, you know, it's a whole different topic. So, yes. uh, so fant- fantastic choice. It's, it was the second you. best. It's the second best choice you could have made. You thank you, Anchor Knights. So, thank you for tuning in, guys. That would be massive. Uh, right, okay. So, goalkeeper, I've gone for Petr Cech. Not Kasper Schmeichel. Not Kasper Schmeichel. Not even <laughs> Peter Schmeichel. And uh, no, I went for Petr Cech based on the fact that he's got the all time record um, for clean sheets. I used to have an argument against it, but the more and more you look back, you can't. I've been watching a lot of Premier League years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man was a beast. Considered, obviously, he broke his skull as well. And yet, still yeah, come man. back. Didn't affect his game. Just come back and got on with it and done what he could do. So, yeah, Petr Cech in goal for Chelsea. Not Arsenal. He didn't really achieve anything at Arsenal, let's be honest. I'd say what has. That surprises me. I was I had that nailed on, and I was having conversations <laughs> with my mom yesterday, and I was like, Ah, oh, I already know he's not picking Petrček. I already know he's beating Peter Schmeichel because I've had this discussion with him before, and I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've come in with notes and everything. Come in with this is how I destroy it, and he's not Petrček. So we'll just throw them away. So fantastic. Okay, so I'll go reverse to you. I'll go. I'll start at me right back and work my way across. Okay, sound. My right back is Gary Neville. United. Oh. Yeah, there's a few in there that you picked that I picked. It was always going to be that hey, way. Great minds. Yeah, that that's the excuse we'll use. So Gary Neville, um, no other reason than I can't think of a better re- better right back. And my second choice, which is why I asked you before, would have been Pablo Zabaleta. Um, right backs have been poor in the Prem. Again, it seems harsh to say. Oh, poor, it does. Yeah, but, but you're the like... standard of which I think it's the standard. Like Gary Neville. On the world stage, wasn't wasn't a world class right back. I think that's what we mean. That's what we mean when we say poor. They're not. They're not banged. That's a world eleven. No. You, not... If you think of a world eleven right back, you put Cafu in. Yeah. You know, Cafu's and I'm and I'm running out already. By the way, Cafu's like the Zanetti. 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 I mean Zanetti. Yeah. There's no doubt that Trent Alexander Alexander Arnold will end up being in that conversation. A hundred percent. But as it is right now, you're looking and you're thinking, well, Gary Neville wasn't world-class, but he was still the best I can think of in the Premier League era, which tells you everything you need to know about right-backs in the Premier League anyway. No one, no one, no one wants to be Gary Neville. I'm pretty sure Gary regrets it. Um, two centre-halves, I'll give you the names and then I'll explain. Lovely. First one I picked is John Seddy, because how can you know? Let's be honest. Um, yes. Probably... And this is up for some debate, but I'm going to say it anyway. Probably the best centre half England have produced. Now I know people are going to lose their minds. Oh, Bobby Moore won a World Cup. It was in '66. It was especially the West Ham fans. It was a good 50, 60 years ago. You know, it is what it is. Um, John Terry's just people seem to forget his range of passing, his ability of moving with and without the ball, reading the game, how brave he was. How much respect he commanded after people around him, Wainbridge exempt. Um, how people would have run through a brick wall for him as a captain, and how much he seemed to always pop up with a vital goal. 
like you'd be playing uh, a team that you're expected to beat, a Villa, a Wolves, a Bournemouth, and it'd be ground out and you think and saying, oh, Chelsea, here we go. But then you just pop up with the odd goal, just every now and again. Or you do something where you think JT is not having that. Something's yeah. not working, but JT is not having it. And he would literally drag the whole team along with him. And you would see him physically pulling people around the pitch and having a word out in front of everyone because he didn't care. This is what it takes to win. This is what we're going to do to win it. And that's what I took from him more than anything. Look, you're so right. He, I think about games and, do you know what, I'm thinking back to, in a way, I'm not comparing them, but that, you know, the Michael Jordan documentary we've been watching. And when yeah. there was moments where he was like, nah, I'm turning up and showing you all Yep. This is how it is. You said that. that I I think it was Stoke we played, and it was nil-nil, and it was just hell, 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 hell. Ball comes in, bang, corner, one-nil. And it's post-scandal or post-I'm getting dropped or post-I'm-getting-England. But he's like, no, no, this is how it is. You know, there's other things like the famous salmon dive. Um, Conte has been in recently all over the, you know, the Sky Sports not talking about the pleasure of almost that phasing him out mm. um, how it was but, so easy because he well, was Conte come up and said I couldn't have won the league without John Terry well, this is the... not that he carried it us across but I needed someone like that around me to help me here's the thing you see like it goes back to ADB when he was clearly told to phase out the old guard how early that is that's you yeah, know yeah. that's 2012 like 2011 2012 and you look where when he left a couple of years ago you look at that season where he barely played, it was Asbalaqueta, David Luiz, and Cahill in the back three. But he's there in the dressing room. Mm. The season after he'd left, he was the last one of the old guard in terms of Czech, Terry, Ashley Cole, Lampard, Drogba. You've got others like Balak and that, but that was kind of that spy. They'd all gone. So that dressing room was, you know, fragmentatious. Conte goes off the rails. Sarri goes off the rails. You look at the Kepper cup final, Sarri incident John Terry's in the studio with Sky and they straight onto him going how would you have handled that and he's trying to be very diplomatic say the right things I'm on TV but he's basically saying that does you know there's no way he wouldn't have flown over and dragged them off that wouldn't have happened if John Terry was playing in front of him John Terry would have picked him up and carried him off the pitch Joffa, Lampard, Terry that wouldn't have happened And and a stronger manager as well would have gone, this game isn't starting again till you get off. Yeah. But again, he kind of half took his jacket off and half walked down and half walked yeah. out. And that was game over. We all knew from that point. Yeah, of course, yeah. But on, but it comes back to your point of it. even when he didn't play, he was there and he was walking around and he was at every academy game. Quick tangent bell. Quick aside from that, Frank Lampard oh, and Jody Morris have made it um, a rule that every single first team player goes to every academy game. Interesting. So they are. They are. They are. No, they're. They're there. All right. You are there. You are watching that game. We're going to go down. It's two hours out of your day. We're going to go watch the game. And every time the they turn up the academy, are like, oh my god, they're here. And you're like that because he said we know from being there that boost of oh my god, the first team. Yeah. And there's none of this boot cleaning that we've spoken about previously. Mm. That's dead. So this is how we're replacing it. You're going to go watch them. And this is how this club's going to operate. But Terry was that character. He was always there. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't want to steal your your moment, but it's it... far too late for that. Can we edit all of that out? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. My, my other sense of half. Let's see go if you're on. equally uh, as happy I, with this one. I've got an idea, but go on. Go on. What's your idea? 
then I'll tell you. Is it Tony Adams? No, it isn't. Oh, go on. Nemanja Vidic. Strong choice. Nemanja Vidic because he's very similar to John Terry. I'm, p- I'm picking mine based on would it work. Oh, are yours playing together? Yeah. If they, hit, if they hit the ground, can they go and win a game with Arsenal? Yeah, they can, yeah. Nemanja Vidic and John Terry at the back. Mine are playing together as well, but no, fantastic pick. Uh, yeah, Vidic was just an absolute war horse of a player. Um, knew the dirty side, the dark heart of the game, massively. But equally, he was so accomplished on the ball. He was great at reading the game, and I think his partnership with Rio Ferdinand was exceptional. I think it was one of the best partnerships of the Premier League era. Well, it was voted D. Yeah, um, I, I just—he seems to have a, tele- a telepathy with his with his fullbacks as well. He knew exactly when he could step out. They knew when he wasn't stepping out, so they had to tuck in. It just everything seems to tick around the man. I I really rated him. I thought he was fantastic. Is he so, underrated? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think, I he, think is. he is. Yeah. Premier League winning captain. I mean, I think people forget he got the captain's armband when that yeah. that class of '92. You know, when they class... started dropping to one side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, no, they, he, was, he was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He was a tower of strength for them at the back when they were winning leagues, when they were pressing for everything. Him and Rio Ferdinand were superb. I nearly went with Ferdinand to partner him, but um, I'm only allowed three from each team. So there's two Uniteds. I've put out in two Chelsea's already, and I haven't ooh. even hit the left-back midfield or strikers. Okay, okay. Okay, so my so, left-back is Leighton Baines. Strong. My reason for that being is I can't stand Ashley Cole. <laughs> really? Yeah. Don't know him. Never met him. Um, there's obviously different stories come out about him. Um, yeah. but I, never, I never rated him as highly as he rated himself. Um, I was never a huge fan. Don't get me wrong. I, I know he's a good player. He wouldn't have made it in the Premier League and won leagues and European Cups and stuff if he was a bad player, but I don't know. Leighton Baines, 53 assists. He's the top assists for a defender in the Premier League era. Wow. So, I'll take that. The 53 assists, so he's over the likes of Juan Mata, Theo Walcott. I'm just going down the list. He's got more assists than Aguero. Let's have it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? More assists than Gilfie Sigurdsson. Jesus. More than Arteta. More than Robert Perez. Michael Carrick. Samir Nasri. Yeah. 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 More Riyad Mahrez as well. Can't stand Riyad Mahrez. We'll move on. That's me left back anyway. Um, yeah, slightly biased to being an Evertonian. I've watched them since we signed them from Wigan. I remember we signed them for, for five mil from Wigan and um, we still had, I believe it was uh, Nuno Valente playing ahead of him when we first signed him. We were waiting for him to get his chance and I was just looking, thinking, is this kid going to make it? You know, he's he's only small, he's quick, but see what he's about. And then, as soon as he got his hands on that jersey, nailed. The partnership he managed to form with um, Stephen Pienaar was absolutely fantastic. Got its own nickname amongst Evertonians at Baynar um, as a parent. But, yeah, Lincoln Baines for me. Getting to the byline, being able to cut the ball back. He's got a wand of a left foot. He's strong, he's quick. Even... The back end of the, uh, I say the back end of the season. Before the season had finished, he he managed to get a couple of games in, and he was still fantastic. Luca Dean was out injured, and Leighton Baines come in, and you're like, this kid's still got it. Yeah, he stopped bombing on and making second man runs, but you know he's, he's 35, 36. 
he's not a young man anymore. He, he still trains like a beast, from what I've, from what I believe. I, I just think he's he's one of the one of the people that and famously Moyes came in for him when he, he took over at United. He, he came in and offered buttons for him and Fellaini, which was a cheeky move. But I understand Moyes going in thinking, well, I know the financial state. I'll try and capitalise from it. I've got a job to do. I get it. But um, I wouldn't have blamed him if he went and got himself some sort of silverware. Ironically, he wouldn't have got a lot at United under Moyes. However, I wouldn't have blamed him. He's somebody that probably deserves to uh, hang his boots up, look back and go, oh, look what I've won. But unfortunately for him, he plays for Everton Football Club, so that was never going to be a freaking option. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, Premier League, Premier League living legend. So what we're saying is, he's got in on stats. No, um, he's got in for my little <laughs> No, um, on that, honestly, if, if it's not for Ashley Cole, he's England's left back and he gets way more caps and he deserves... And he, probably gets, and he probably gets a move to a, to a bigger club earlier in his career. Do you know what? Like, I, you, you kind of respect that. I was going to bring up the, the bid from United if that you know, was official and came in. Um, yeah, you kind of respect that he's gone no. I he, do, yeah. And, I'm, and you know, the Evertonian in me is, is absolutely made up that he never left and that I am going to see him as almost a one-club man. I mean, obviously we signed from Wigan, but once he's hit us, he hasn't moved anywhere. He hasn't looked anywhere else. He's been blinkered on... My job is here. This is my job to get this oh, for me to be to see, and that's what I love about the man. But equally, I, do, I feel for him in a way that he's going to look back and he's going to go, oh, "That was a waste of time." I see. I I don't know the man, but you kind of look at the personality of what you hear and what you see, and I, yeah. I kind of think you, you look at the man and he's kind of a man that's going to go. Like it well, he's, he's like Shearer. Like I don't think Shearer looks back and goes, "Oh my god, if only." No, but he's the Premier League all-time goal scorer. He's always going to have that, isn't he? Uh, Leighton Bates is the all-time Premier League assistant for defenders. Yes, but he's not always going to have that. Trent <laughs> Alexander yeah, Arnold, Trent, for that. And Andy Robertson. Um, I think I have Luke, uh, Lucas Dean. Lucas Dean, by the way. Quick tangent. What a, what a player. Um, Col- <laughs> Coleman and Baines were like two of the, the best full-backs in the league. They seem to be, for a large period of the Premier League, the only two attacking fullbacks because mm. Moyes have built this model where his six drops in with the centre backs. Centre backs part slightly and it gives them the license to get forward. Yeah. It's used a lot more now. And I'm not saying that David Moyes is groundbreaking or he's a genius, but he, he, he knew he had a weapon in Coleman and Baines that they can cover those yards. They can go forward, they can bomb on beyond the winger, they can second man run all day, they can even Working between them creates a third man run for somebody coming through from midfield, which Tim Cale did. And the options were there, but they were the original. I mean, I remember, I can't remember the season, I think it was 12 13. Everything was going from the. If Baines wasn't scoring every other game, Coleman was grabbing goals, and you were like, they were leading assists and stuff. Yeah. And you were just like, oh my God, what is going on here? But then, same as Everton, as soon as it's going well for Everton, somebody finds some way of messing it up for us. But yeah, the. They were the, uh, the blueprint for a large while of how a fullback should be behaving. No more was it, you stay there, don't go past the halfway line, your job's to help the defenders. It was, well, hang on. If you can get forward and back, forward and back, forward and back, let's start utilising it. Let's start overlapping. Let's create underruns. Let's get people running inside so you, your winger becomes more of an inside forward. You overlap and then we can we can play in the final third with a little bit more confidence knowing we've got an extra body out wide. And they did, they changed, changed the game for a lot of people, the pair of them, but yeah, Leighton Baines for me is one of the less best left-backs in the Premier League era. 
yeah, massively underrated. Up there, like he's in a similar bracket to Vidic. Not yeah, spoken about sure. enough. Not spoken yeah, about yeah. enough. So yeah, great pick. So back four. That's to be back four. So we keep his check. Left back Baines, Teddy and Vidic in the centre half, and Gary Neville in at right back. Strong. So I will give you my left winger because we're playing four four two, same as you. And I have also gone for Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Because how can you not? It's one of those ones that just walks on, doesn't it? Yeah, 13 titles and record appearances and the fact that... Stats. Wow. You're going to regret that... saying that. Right, okay, but I only got those stats <laughs> <laughs> I picked them basically because he's a top goose set. No, I never, no, I never. Whoa. No, I never, I'll take that back. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> you just realised. Tangent Bell. You just realised I put the two top gooses in as well. Six players in, and you got two adulterers. <laughs> anyway, I think the same. <laughs> I'm playing football, they're not trying to knob me beard. Levels. No way. Ryan Giggs, unbelievable player, and I like the way you, as he got older and his speed left him, he redeveloped himself. Well, I'll play inside. I'll play. It's a sense Yeah, he adapted. He, he thought, well, I can either retire because I can't play left wing anymore, or I can use all the skills and attributes that I've got in being able to pick a pass, knowing when to break lines, knowing when to play forward passes, knowing when to hold on to a ball. And you put someone with legs outside of him on the left, and you think, right, well, I know where they should be. He can then start ticking the balls off into those areas. I, mean, I, I thought, he was, thought he was great for, for redesigning himself and going inside. I think, I, think the great, I think if you're going to be considered an all-time great, you have to adapt and not let your... Like we've said about ego, it can kill you. You, you've got to adapt your career with the landscape, similar to what we were saying with the managers. And I think that's either, like you're saying, like people like Ryan Giggs or Wayne Rooney that have adapted their position of where they play. Gerard and Lampard have done. They've all done it where they've gone right. I need to change that where I play, how I play, to become still vital. Or you can adapt by moving leagues, mm. but not necessarily like I'm off to the MLS. Yeah. In an extent, is an adaptation. Or you can do what Ronaldo's done, and he's conquered La Liga and he's gone and now I'll go to Serie A and I can yeah. still look like this is a you know argument he can still look like he's at that level but as the goalpost's been moved where it looks like he's at that level it, it's it's one of those where it's like it's a whole different I don't want to tangent off from you I, I think what unlucky dingling like, <laughs> I honestly think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to play into his 40s um, yeah. still not a pick a fat on the kid I say kid he's 35 He's 35 years of age, yeah. and he's still playing top-flight football for Juventus. You look at Maldini, what he did, and why can't Ronaldo go into his... Exactly. Ronaldo's managed his body and his whole empire perfectly. Yeah. Everything has been designed to get the most out of him for as long as he can. I, yeah. I don't think he's a fantastic player, but he's not in the conversation, so we'll move on. Time to bell away. Right mid. Go on. You may or may not like this. Oh, boy. oh, by the way, Giggs was United. Obviously. So three United. Three United, Vidic, Neville and Giggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it pained me. So obviously, I had to leave another United player out. I was going to go with Van der Sturoy up front, but I didn't. Who? The Sturoy. Really? Some players who aren't spoken about enough. Wow. Go back and watch some highlight reels of Ruth Van der Sturoy, mate. Tell me he's not a player. Pace, power... Poacher, everything you would need from a forward mate. Honest to God, he was unreal. Anyway, tangent Belloway again. 
So then we get United picks. Um, so my right mid, and he is a right mid, not a right winger, is uh, James Milner. I don't think you can talk about redesigning yourself and longevity in the game the way we do about Ryan Giggs without mentioning James Milner. I like who him. has played CDM. He's played as an eight. He's played as a winger. He's played as a 10. He's played as a right back. He's played as a left back with a right foot. Um, he's played everywhere. Uh, he's, you know, he was great at City when they first started getting all the money. He was good at Newcastle. He was great at Leeds when he broke through as a teenager. You don't remember that, do you? No. He was great at Leeds when he broke through as a teenager. He was good at uh, Villa, good at Newcastle. A couple of yeah, Villa's Bill, my starting block for him. Right, okay. Well, yeah. he, he played football before then, like. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought he was great at City, and I, I honestly thought it was over for him at City when they were talking about letting him go. And then obviously he moved across to Liverpool. And I looked at the deal, and I was like, right, okay, getting him on a free, yeah, fair enough. Paying him 140k plus, if you believe what you get in the tabloids, and giving him the number seven shirt. And I was like, what's going on here? Liverpool yeah. are Rashman straws, mate. He has never looked fitter. Yeah. He's never looked hungrier. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think if I was Jürgen Klopp, he would be the one person I would look at and say, I need to secure his contract next. Yeah. He stays here. Because he is fit. Mm-hmm. He'll run through a brick wall for you. The kid doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't go out. You know what I mean? Everything about him screams, consummate professional. I think he's massively underrated as a Premier League player. Yeah. I think having Trent and Robbo as full-backs, being able to work with James Milner is fantastic. I think Henderson being able to work with Milner is fantastic. I think that that kid, that's how I say kid, he's in his early 30s now, for being able to play right-back, left-back, deep-line midfield, centre of the park, as a 10, as a right-winger, his dependability, his attitude, the amount of appearances he's made, whatever mm-hmm. I want to bring that that's a start. I think he's he's a, a shoo-in as a Premier League legend, or he will be when he decides this is my time, but that's why he's in my right mid. Is he down as a City player? He's down as a Liverpool player. City player, greatest achievement. Ah, see, so this is why I was going to say, this going off this, I was going to say, he's won the league with City. Mm-hmm. He's going to win the league with Liverpool, more than likely. Yes. What will, Plus, be, his, what will be his greater achievement? Winning the league with Liverpool at the age he's at. Yeah, and it's their first ever Premier League win. Whether it's asterisked or yeah. not, whether no, no, it's completed or not, it's the more achievement because when City won their league with them, there was no real challenge. No, I don't believe there was. He won a couple, didn't he? The United yeah, one on the day. He was the he was at City when the money was massive. Well, I, I, um, they were throwing it everywhere. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I know Liverpool have made big signings, but you know the Coutinho money, so. That's a hot, yeah. That's a hot. That's literally a whole episode that I want to do. Um, tangent Bell, tangent Bell, pinning it. Um, I agree with Bill. Not like uh, I didn't even bring him up. That's like underrated. We were talking about players adapting, like yeah. Giggs and Rooney and that. But he is one of the most adaptable players in Easy. Premier League history. Easily, I like. Does he I mean, play on the wing? He played on the wing for yeah. Villa heavily, and I think City was more centre mid. But he played up wide. Uh, now he plays he anywhere. Plays Bloody left back, but he can play anywhere. Yeah. So it's not a stretch to put him there. Um, I like it. it's a good pick. I didn't think you'd pick him. But um, Wait for yeah. the next four. 
Oh shit! Yeah, centre mids and strikers. Right, go on. So two centre mids. I've go gone. On. Frank Lampard, Chelsea. <sighs> For all the reasons you mentioned, twenty goals a season, every season. Um, redefining the role of box to box midfielder. His ability to arrive late in the box, get people's bums out of seats every time he got the ball. If he wasn't picking a forty yard pass into space, he was banging it top bin. Um, he was another one who just behaved himself, kept his head on a swivel and turned up, done his job, went home. And I, I love all that about footballers. I can't stand footballers who've got emojis, for example, or clothing lines, or do their own signature celebrations. And I'll mention a few now, and we'll go on a little tangent. Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Jesus. England's next big hope. Who you was mean, 20, 28, by yeah, the way. Yeah, young, young up-and-comer, Jesse Lingard. 28. He's got his own celebration. He does this thing with his fingers across his now. Jay Ling, face. you cross him like that. Do you? Yeah. And then Bullshit. You the <laughs> Bullshit. How many assists has he got this season? How many goals? Oh, mate, isn't it like one and nil? One I'm assist. Tell- I'm telling you now, he is not at Manchester United unless he is an academy graduate. They are grasping hold of that. He's from our academy. We had an, I, I, I am convinced he is there because he's come out of their academy. It's like, no, nah, look what we produce. Yeah, yeah, probably takes a few boxes, but I'm not having it. How the other one, the other, ones, the other one, and it sounds like an anti-United agenda when I say this, is Paul Pogba. He's got his own emojis. <laughs> no, not a chance. Put it in a box. Do your talking on the field. And this is what Frank Lampard done. I don't remember seeing Frank Lampard all over the newspapers. I don't remember seeing him out on nights out. I don't remember seeing him with his own clothing line or a record label or stupid tattoos or piercings. He just went and played his ball, and that was it. I'm going to jot this down for like another episode because we could go on to this one in detail. But quickly off it, is that not again adapting to the landscape? No. These opportunities, I see that this is what I'm saying. If these opportunities are being provided to you because of the landscape of social media and business and popularity and influences, and you, these opportunities are being provided to you, I could, I could, someone else can go, I can set up this clothing line for you. We'll attach your name to it. And each every now and then, Pogba, you're big on the um, Adidas, blah, blah, blah. You can make this amount. You know, do they have to? No. I mean, the argument is we can do this once you're retired, but are they capitalizing on the popularity that they have now? It, it's, you know, I, I, I want to get into this like in way more depth. 100%. Um, another player that fits into this bracket is uh, Neymar, and another one is Antoine Griezmann. If we have to go over another Antoine Griezmann slander show. We will. Am but it won't I be today. wrong? <laughs> Leave him alone, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not wrong. So my other midfielder to partner, Frank Lampard, which Go may on. or may not be a popular turn of phrase, is Steven Gerrard. Yeah, strong. The greatest player to not win the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, is he? He is. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. No, he is, yeah. No, it is an is. absolute travesty of justice that Jordan Henderson is going to pick that trophy up, and yet Steven Gerrard can only sit and watch at home. So, is Jordan Henderson a greater captain than Steven Gerrard? No, he's not, no. He's just got a better manager. Oh. If Gerrard had played under Klopp... Yeah, he'd have had, yeah. In this system, yeah. Gerrard would have been scoring 15, 20 goals a season, 10-plus assists, and still winning the league. He'd have, he'd, reached the height, he'd have reached the heights of Frank Lampard. 
I remember watching Gerard for Liverpool, and don't don't get me wrong, it wasn't always a pleasure that I make it sound that it is now. Um, and he would single-handedly go and win them trophies. Yeah, yeah. As, and I don't mean like he would score four goals in a four nil. But I would mean, uh, I mean, similar to John Terry, Steven Gerrard would turn up with Igor Bishkan, Jimmy Traore in the squad, and he'd be like, "Shit, I'm gonna have to step up here. My hundred percent isn't gonna do it. I need the extra ten or twenty, and I'm not getting it out of these bums. So I'll do it myself." Every and that's what Champions Leagues, yeah. Similar to the Michael Jordan thing, we keep coming back to the mentality mm-hmm. of a winner. He, John Terry. They had it in abundance, which is why they're in my team. Steven Gerrard will go down as a Premier League legend, and rightfully so. He is one of my most enviable players to have watched. Yeah, I've always liked him because he's a local boy come good. He's a, he's a scout lad who lived the dream. Roy yeah. the Rover stuff. He played for his hometown club. He won a European club a cup with them. He's won FA Cups. He's won League Cups. Charity Shields. All this jazz. He's been in and about... He never won the league. Obviously, the Evertonian in me is absolutely made up, but the football fan in me looks at it and goes, that's not fair. Yeah, it's one of those. And of course, he could have left for Chelsea. I was going to bring this up. He could have left for Chelsea. Yeah, man. Didn't. Which you respect. Yes. The... I I look at that at times and go, say he comes to Chelsea, does Frank Lampard turn into the player he was? Does Gerrard turn into the player he was? Do they both still reach the heights? Do you know what I mean? Does one lose yeah. out? Does one does suddenly Frank Lampard get pushed aside and then Gerard becomes the focus? Does Gerard not does Gerard do a Torres? And it doesn't don't know, do you? like you you never Just know, but know. No. maybe maybe the best thing that ever happened for like, you know, their both their oh, reputations was he never came. Yeah. He never got that league, but he got that Champions League. Yeah. So, you know, and he's an all time great. And he got to play with Xavi Alonso. And Javier Mascarano. Wow, you have to ruin that. What a great player. He's no Xavier Alonso, obviously. No, but he's a great player. Not, no. So that's my midfield four. United's choices gigs. Gerard and Lampard in the middle for Liverpool and Chelsea, respectively. And Liverpool, James Milner on the right. British. Very British, mate. Um, I've got one, two, three, four non British in the entire squad. Uh, sorry, four non-English gigs is British, but not Ah, English. so there's an English striker in this mix. And one non. And a non. Yeah. And I've got a funny feeling the English striker isn't Shearer. The English striker I've gone for is Alan Shearer. Oh, it is? Oh, see, I said Alan Shearer before, and you pulled a face, and I thought, ah, he's not going for Shearer. Because I didn't think you were going to go for Shearer. Oh, who did you think I thought, for? I thought you were going to go for Rooney. No. Because no. of your age. And that's not me having to go with you, boy. No, 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 but we've said this before. Like, your See, age is very it's, yeah, it's, it's, massive. It defines how you view football as well. Because you're, you've got different areas, different styles, different influences. Like, obviously, you've downloaded the Paul Pogba Dab app, which we all know about. How dare well, you? don't have to. <laughs> I've gone with Alan Shearer, but I haven't gone with Blackburn's version of Alan Shearer, even though we won the league there. Yeah. I've gone with his Newcastle one because that's where the bulk of his record-breaking goals come from. Yeah, I could have put him down as Southampton. Oh, I've not. I've put him down as that player because it kind of like it. Basically, that whole thing was to get Ashley Cole in the team. I'm not gonna lie. So the um, it's Shearer as a whole. 
Okay. Well, I, I've gone with Newcastle Shearer but because... I have to get Ashley Kolpetacek, Frank Lampard and John Terry in the same team, so I need to, to exploit the system. Alan Shearer's greatest goal was scored against Everton as well. It's Yeah, that goal... It, do you know what? Tangent bell. Ring a ding ding. I'm going to buy a bell, by the way. So I've decided it and we're going to ring it. Um, oh, are you going to ring it? Everyone, I pick up the bell with my hand and I How ring do it. I ring the bell? No, no. You, well, you can tell me. Have I got to buy my own bell? I'll buy you your bell. Um, everyone's anyway tangent bell. Yeah. Everyone's best goal is against Everton. I know. I know. Even, you watch, you watch even, every year, yeah. from any year, either <laughs> Everton nearly go down, or look at this absolute wasblammer from a kid no one's ever heard of, or never scored a goal, and it's always in Everton. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, thanks for that. Cheers. Yeah. It's always like fastest ever pro. Oh, Everton. <laughs> yeah. Always the way. We had Richard Wright in goal for the year, the goal I'm talking about. I think everybody will remember it was up at St. James' Park. Sorry, sportsdirect.com stadium. Wow. And he touches it with his left foot and it just lifts slightly and he just right foot right the way through. I think it was Davey Weir was too tight to him. Alan Stubbs was the defender off waiting for him mm-hmm. to see if he would run a channel. And as he gets tight, he gets turned and bang and it goes up over into the far corner and Richard Wright, Richard, Richard Wright was apparently a goalkeeper when Everton signed him. Um, yeah, and it just just flew past him. But yeah, it's great to have a goal. The fact he scored the record amount of Premier League goals means he has to go in there. If I'm doing a Premier League all time eleven, he just has to. There's no other there's no other player I could put in there ahead of him and have an argument to say, oh, he was better than Shearer because he never scored the same amount of goals. He sits there with gigs for the same reason. Yes, and it's not to take away what they've done. What they've done basically means you don't have to talk about them. They're in. That's it. Yeah, That's yeah, done. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a done thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, also, when he uh, when he had that screaming argument with Roy Keane on the pitch, do you remember this one? And um, Roy Keane was swinging at him and missing. I feel like I've heard about this. I've not seen Alan it. Alan and Roy Keane basically getting into some verbals, and Alan Shearer. Everybody was like, "Oh, Roy Keane and Rippers off. Alan Shearer was no mug. No, he was no mug. He knew what he was doing as a centre forward. He was tall, broad. He knew how to look after himself. He's not a stupid lad he's from the northeast. He knows the script. And him and Roy Keane are getting into it. And I don't know what was said, but Roy Keane starts swinging, and Shearer just inches himself away so he can't connect, and just stands there staring at him. They had to drag Roy, Roy Keane was almost venomous in his, you know that like a Rottweiler going at something, he was spit everywhere, let me at him, let me, and they just pulled him away, and on the chair, he's just looking, thinking, I've won this one, mate, you have yeah. lost, shit. Roy Keane, by the way, Tangent Bell, almost made it in ahead of Gerard. almost, almost, but didn't. Roy Keane nearly made it in mine, which I was going to say, mad that he nearly made it in, but he doesn't. Is he underappreciated? Same with Vieira, but, we'll touch on this in a moment, so we won't ruin that conversation. My second and la- striker and last choice for my Premier League team is Thierry Henry. Yeah. Um, oh, mate. The absolute love and admiration I have for that man. He came into that Arsenal team um, from Monaco and is, is and I think it's fair to say his, his reputation was tarnished slightly because a lot was expected of him and he never, never seemed to hit those heights. He's playing as a winger, as we discussed before. Um, and Arsene Wenger had, had this great knack of being able to pick somebody who could run an athlete. Mm. And he would look at them and go, I can teach him how to play football. Thierry Henry knew how to play football, but he could teach him how to play a position. But he couldn't yeah. teach a striker to be as athletic 
as quick and as powerful and as graceful as Thierry Henry was. So he was like, well, it's easier to get all those attributes, which he had in Thierry, and teach him how to do that final little finish and those slight feints, that slight turn onto your strong side to put the defender on his weak side and then drop the shoulder and then roll. He could teach him all those little, those pieces, those accoutrements that would set him apart. And so watch him when he first came into when he obviously left for Barcelona. I was gutted. I was like, oh my God, our league is so poor. So much poorer, rather, for not having him in it. Um, and I, I missed watching him, mate. It was unreal. He's one of those players where you go to the St. Parkers in Evertonian and Arsenal rock up and you think, we're going to get rolled today. And he used to sit there and go, I'll be honest, I'm not asked. I'm going to get to watch Thierry Henry today in the flesh. I, he, I love, I love him as well. I remember when that news broke, when he was going to Barca, and it was all anyone spoke about in school for days. It was just, you know, yeah, I was in school. Oh man, yeah, I was. Yeah, I think I was in. I was either in year seven, eight, or nine because I was in a particular school. But um, yeah, it was like this is big. Yeah. Um, Yeah, great point. Look, I sat there, and that was the one that I sat there with him and Aguero, and I was like, I don't know if it's it might be generational again. Look, I I've watched the whole of Aguero's career as you have, and I love watching him play, and that's why I, I threw him. But Henri is the one that if I could have put Henri as a winger, he'd have got in ahead of Ronaldo. But I felt like that was push that was pushing it. Yeah, yeah, I felt like that. I'd, he'd have got in ahead of Ronaldo on the uh, on the winger. Ronaldo for me for me was a a surprise inclusion. I'll be honest. Do you think? See, mm. when I pick Ronaldo, do you think it's because you look at his Real Madrid days, and their incomparable compared to his United days, and people go, "Well, but you, do you know what I mean?" Like yeah, I'm, not the, pick, I'm not picking, I'm not picking Real Madrid. I'm not picking the Real Madrid Ronaldo for argument's sake. I'm picking the Man United Ronaldo. Yeah, but which is a patch on the Real Madrid. The man is the only Ballon d'Or winner in that group. I'm aware. Yeah, the only Ballon d'Or winner in that group. You need some. Gary Neville never got a Ballon d'Or. Criminal, mate. 99, where's his Ballon d'Or? Right back, that's why. Rivaldo robbed Gary now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Thierry Henry, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, my lineup in total is Arsene Wenger as manager, in goal, Petr Cech, left back, Leighton Baines, two centre backs, John Terry, Nemanja Vidic, Neville at right back. Left mid, Ryan Giggs, two centre mids, Gerard and Lampard. Right mid, James Milner. Two strikers up top are Thierry Henry and Alan Shearer. <sighs> Team, what a team! That's both, both good teams. A lot of crossover, a couple of like Davids yeah. and um, well, we, both went, we both went with Czech, we both went with Teddy, we both went with Neville, Lampard, Giggs, and Shearer. Yeah, so the difference was Henri, Milner, Gerard, Baines, Bidich for me, and then company Cole, Silva, Ronaldo, and Aguero. Aguero. And obviously the managers, but you know, all time greats. And that's our teams. So what I was meaning before, if we'll come back to it, mm. I really want to go and do an um, an underrated eleven now. Yes. So that we were talking about this for next week. Obviously, all dependent on news happening, but we'll plan for it. We'll yeah. put it in. And are we going to do it the same as we've done this, where we come with two different teams and then we feed them back to each other? I kind of like the way that's worked. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. I've got a. I've got a couple. Jotted down already. Got, I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do four four two again. I got one of my strikers. We'll, we'll stay. We'll stay with four four two because it works. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Man, and no man, shoehorning. 
unless you can. Like I could, like I could have put Milner in at right back or left back. Could have put him at left back, but right mid I think makes because if you're going to turn around and say he had his, his, he's won the league. To be fair, he plays on the wing with Liverpool as well. It's not even like he played on the wing of City. Like honestly, you could have yeah. shoe on. I could have shoe on Thierry Henry out wide, but I was like, that's a bit on the. I wouldn't have had that. Yeah, it is a bit. I felt, it felt bad. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, how can I get Fabregas as an Arsenal? And I was like, I can't. It's, he's got it now. He can't. Um, so yeah, off the back of that, we put out a poll on Wednesday as well. Yep. Just a quick one. Uh, greatest all-time Premier League captain. Um, Twitter lets you to put four out, so we put John Terry, who has five. Yeah. We put uh, Vincent Company, who has four. Roy Keane, who also has four there, joint second. And then we put other letters know, Patrick Vieira, uh, Wes Morgan, uh, Gary Neville, Nemanja Vidic, Tony Adams, to name a few. The results were John Terry, 40%. Uh, Roy Keane, 35%, Vincent Company, 21%, and other letters know 4%, and that seemed to be the error. So, John Terry. Yeah, Vincent Company, I, yeah, not as highly rated. Roy Keane, John Terry, I am surprised John Terry won. I'm not going to lie. If you're asking a football question without any emotion involved from a footballing point of view, then yeah, it's John Terry. Yeah. But the second you think of John Terry, unfortunately, as you said before, his personal life creeps into it and it tarnishes yeah. how people remember him or will remember him going forwards. But he's won your poll. You proved your point. Yeah. You, you people listening out there, you make me sick. <laughs> All right. The right answer for anyone listening was uh, Ray Keane. No one listen. It's completely up to you. Who, did, who, did, That's you vote, who did you vote for? Didn't vote. Did didn't you not? Want to put it, I didn't want to influence our, our thing. I bloody did. I know uh, you did, yeah. <laughs> who did you vote for, by the way? Oh, uh, John Terry. Um, dead quick to end on Premier League Hall of Fame is now a thing which I love by the way massive fan on I know you're not it, it just depends the format exactly which we don't really know by the way because they've not really they haven't um, all this put it back hasn't but it? even when even when, well they've said it's not going to happen but even when they said it is it two a year is it 11 who knows so dead quick I want to say to you if you can induct two one manager and two players into the Hall of Fame who would they be Sir Alex Ferguson, yep. Ryan Giggs, yep. and Alan Shearer. Yeah, same thing. Thierry Henry is the only one that seems to be in there with the... So you know who I wouldn't put in there now? Jordan Henderson. You can have that, Max. That's your shout-out for today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest Premier League winning captain with an asterisk. The, um, salty much. Salty much. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I think that was good. We'll do an underrated... I, I, we've, we've jotted down a couple of ideas. You know, we have, yeah. Done. When things go, um, World 11s, I want to be talking about Maldinis and Fab. World 11s, only one from each country would be my stipulation. All one, na- one per nationality? Yep. All right, sounds. We'll, we'll take one to the uh, we'll take one to the Twitter followers as well. So we'll put a post out and we'll ask you to name your World 11. But the stipulations is this, one per country. Yeah, all right. Let's get your feedback on it. We'll go away and do ours, and next time we shoot, we'll do a World 11, we'll do a Premier League on the rates of 11, and we'll just dedicate the show to that, obviously depending on what's going on in the football world. We'll review the Bundesliga as well. Oh, we, do you know what? We might actually have to do two or three shows next week. Yeah, just why not? Football Why not? Why? A little Bundesliga review, a yeah, little yeah. Of, uh, couple of... 
World 11s, under yeah. 11s. We'll try and keep you sober throughout one. For those of you uh, who were wondering all that noise you could hear before was Jack drinking. What's that in your hand? Is that Quantro? I can see there. It's 9 a.m. Animal. Quantro, Jesus. Give him a bit of credit. Oh, it's this Arano, isn't it? <laughs> Quantro. I knew it was one of those drinks. I know, yeah. So um, if you're listening on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe. If you're living in a sort of one of our different podcasts that we're out on, Spotify, Apple, all the big ones, um, subscribe. If you could leave us a review, that would be great. As always, hit us up at Two Men Rambling on Twitter or Two Men Rambling at gmail.com with any suggestions for future episodes. Guys, thank you. Jacques, thank you. Um, most enjoyable episode. And we'll Absolutely. catch you guys later. See you soon, guys.